Welcome back to Warrior Within. I hope you guys are having a great week so far. But today I want to talk about what's kind of been on my mind for the past year is that men seem to have lost their identity. I don't know if you noticed in the past couple years how strongly the culture has been trying to kind of push men into being more of a non-binary or gentle soul, someone that doesn't have, as they call it, aggression. So a kid going outside, picking up a sword and fighting or, you know, going out, getting a a stick and playing guns with it. I mean, I remember growing up, that was one of my favorite things to do. I mean, go find one of the coolest sticks you can get that looks like a blade and you go out there and just chop trees down and fight the bad guys. I even remember playing with my, my best friend when I was younger. Um, we'll play in World War II where we were inside trenches that were out in the, his backyard and we were acting like we were Americans trying to stop the Germans. You see, the idea is, guys, this is engraved in us to be these warriors. We're supposed to be these men that are supposed to fight for something. And the culture, you know, so the enemy himself has totally polluted what is supposed to be God's image and trying to recreate this new image on us by saying some things are bad, by pointing out that we shouldn't be like this. And, and, and that culture is describing this image of men. But and if you look at the movies and the TV shows we watch, we get this other type of image of men too. These, these guys that can just, you know, bust through windows, climb down the deepest like caverns and men that are like superheroes. I mean, the idea of superheroes was even kind of created for us guys to kind of vent out because, I mean, we lived in a culture now where, you know, we didn't wear our swords on our side. We didn't have our guns on us and we didn't have the idea of war that could happen at any moment. You, you have the time frames where, you know, soldiers were serving their kings, you know, their kingdoms, and you went to battle more often than you probably realized for today's culture. It's not as often you get to choose whether you want to join the military or not. So a lot of times that warrior instinct that we have doesn't know where to go. So many people find hobbies where, you know, hunting, shooting, or even gaming. I mean, a lot of guys play online gaming games because they can't go do the real thing. So they do it in a virtual version. The idea of creating stories and, and building on them, you know, through gaming is also another reason why men do it. You get to be the hero. A lot of people play MMORPGs because they get to be the hero and they want to be the hero because then they know in real life they can't be that hero. So the thought came to my mind is what is our identity? Who are we as men? And if you go into Genesis, God decides that he wants to create man. And he creates them in his image, or as they say in there, our image, because he's talking about he, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So the idea is that we are designed with the ideal of Jesus and the ideal of who God is. We don't necessarily look like them but they give us characteristics that allows us to have the freedom of our own selves, like our own soul. That's why each soul is important because each one is different. We're not the same.
So the idea is that our culture does wants us to discover who we really are by chasing after things of this world to fill it with power and prestige. But what they don't want men to be is so-called aggressive. Now, the concern for this is that being a man doesn't mean you have to be aggressive. That's, that's just, that's a false ideology that they're pushing on us. So the one thing that I remember teaching some of the youth in the past has been the idea behind being, being an image of God. So when you accept Christ, you've also accepted the, the plan or the, the, the perspective of being a follower of him. It's similar to the idea of being a sports fan. If you say, and I'm a uh, Bronco fan, Denver Broncos fan. If, let's say that you're a Denver Broncos fan, okay? So you choose to follow them. You choose by following them by putting on your uh, an app on your phone to see the news, latest news in the Broncos. You are a fan of them when you start buying like a coffee cup or uh, some little knickknacks around the house. But the main thing that really identifies you is usually when you go and get a jersey. I mean, think about it. You get your favorite team, you get a jersey, you wear that. And when do you wear it? When you know it's time to wear it, like Sundays, Monday night, Thursday night. You wear it for that day, and you wear it with pride. Why? Because you're wearing an image of what the Broncos are to you. And they and you follow them and you believe in them and you and you want to see them succeed. So the idea is that we are basically kind of given a Jesus jersey. The only the problem is that a lot of times we take off the jersey because we don't want to act or be like him. We want to be like something else. So instead of us following Christ like we should all the time, we are following him sometimes. Um, there may like a lot of times I've met a lot of Christians that when I when I game with, they don't want to talk about God and and life and stuff like that because they play the games to escape. Now, I have I have nothing wrong against people that want to find a way to decompress or to distressed from their day to find a way to um, remove themselves from maybe the struggles that kind of going through in the moment. But at the same time, it does not mean you remove your Christianity so that you can be whatever you want. Because the ideal is men who we really are is when there's nobody there to keep us accountable. Think about that for a little bit. Who you really are is when there's nobody around you to keep you accountable. So the idea is if we allow the culture to remove our identity in Christ because we're not supposed to be aggressive, um, if we start trying to fit into the culture's perspective of men, we're going to lose who we really are. 
Because instead of seeking out God for advice, where do we run to? One of the biggest images that we think about is actually the men that we watch in movies and TV shows. They dress and look and appear to be these strong, big men. Like people I think of as like Chris Hemsworth or um, The Rock. I mean, we watch these movies and we wish we could be like them. That's the number one thing that I think men struggled with is also self-image. The fact that we try to identify ourselves with other things as our identity, we lose ourselves in that identity. And when that identity fails, we fail. So instead of seeking God to be our identity, we focus so much on what's in front of us as our identity. For example, growing up, I played football. That was my identity. I loved that game. I look forward to it for the four years of high school. And that was how I identified myself. I was a fullback, a middle linebacker. I ran the football a lot, and that was me. But after high school, when I decided not to do football anymore, I really started kind of losing who I, I was supposed to be. So the thing is that as you become an adult, we start trying to figure out our identity through our work. And if it's not work as well, it's how nice of a car we have or the coolest truck we can get our hands on. Then we start putting it into things. So we start describing ourselves because of those things. Uh, one of the other issue is also women we marry or want to marry or be with. We start trying to play the peacock game where I, my wife is better looking than yours, you know, that mindset. So they chase after the most beautiful woman in their eyes and try to win her heart. And then when things start, don't work out, it fails. So now your identity is broken because she, she broke your pride. The other thing is money, prestige, being successful is another identity that we kind of fall into traps all the time. And then when that doesn't happen, when we don't make the money, we don't become a well-known power person to people, we feel like a failure. We also, another identity is by the people we're with. We, we want people to love us, we want people to want to be around us. So we create this imagery that if we can get enough people to like us, then we'll be important and that'll be our identity. When that fails, you fail. See, the whole thing is that God wants us to understand our our identity is in him. He calls us his child. He calls us his sons. He calls us um, men. Like he, he describes us separate who we are. We're not, we're not men and female. We're not non-binary. We're not separated or unidentified, and we could just choose what kind of pronoun we want to be. That's not how God describes us. So if we continue to allow that identity 
to succumb us and to control who we are as men, we're going to get lost and we're going to get confused. I mean, one of the things we're going to start seeing, especially in these last couple decades of culture, is a lot of the younger men are going to be really confused in what it means to be a man. And as a church, we need to step up. As men, we need to step up. We can't assume that these young men are understanding what it means to be a man. I mean, I, for example, I have a young guy that I, I've known for many years. He was 19 to 20 range right now, well, 21 probably now. And when he joined our, men, our men's group, he, I didn't realize how much he did not understand what it meant to be a man. I mean, I really thought maybe he, ha- he got some type of understanding, but he really did not know. And he wanted to know. I mean, there's books out there, guys, that are written by good, solid Christian men about men. Uh, Wild at Heart is probably one I would recommend. Um, Stepping Up, which I believe I've talked about already, is another one that talks about men of God. Those two books and alone can have a huge impact in somebody today. But the imagery that they, they all, both of them try to get you to understand is that we are created in the image of God, which means that we have an important purpose in this life. The only issue is that we allow our identity to be into other things. we got to get that in our heads. Stop putting our identity into anything that this world has to offer. It will fail. It won't complete you. It won't make you a better man. It won't make you a stronger man. It won't give you the, the clarity of what it means to be a man. It doesn't matter how many women you've been able to sleep with. It does not matter how many great-looking cars you get. It does not matter where you make it in this life in your job world. If you don't allow God to dictate his identity for you, you will be lost in this world because all you will have is what the world has to offer. You got to understand that Satan and his minions, the enemy wants to take that away from you. He doesn't want you to understand what it means to be created by the creator he doesn't want you to think about stuff like that he doesn't want you to think about you being a child of god he doesn't want you to recognize that you are a sinner and jesus is the only way to be saved he doesn't want you to think on this stuff he wants you to think you just have to get the bigger muscle you just have to get the coolest car you just gotta get the best looking woman in the world you got to just make it in this world and you'll have it all that's a temptation, guys. That's a, that's a lie. It's going to be empty. You can have hardly any money and not the best car and still have a good life. Or you could be blessed with an amazing car, um, amazing house, amazing looking wife. But the problem is if you're not serving him, if you're not loving him, it's going to be empty. So the other part is men. What makes a man of God is that there's some verses that came up and one is first Timothy six eleven. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, and gentleness. You see, one of the other things 
about being a man of God that makes us stand out or be different is that we're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to look like the world or act like the world. That I think that's one of the main issues that we run into today is that we try to be like a quote unquote man based on the, on human standards. Now the problem with that is that human standards are human standards. Okay. That means that they are not teaching us what we're supposed to be like based on God's perspective, but it's based on what man's perspective of a good man is supposed to be. So no, notice that I st- said before, but as for you, oh man, I got to flee these things. So the things that it explains to flee from come from the verses beforehand. So it talks about, let's see. Okay. So it starts in verse, technology read from, the, from, the, from four, well, part four, no, two, sorry. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ, the teaching that accords with godliness. Okay. So it is talking about false teachers and they're not, and false teachers are not going to teach the values that were taught just a few moments ago in verse 11. So this is the teachings accords, accordance to what godliness is. So a man of God is someone who is godly. They're also humble. So verse four, it states, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are deprived in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing with these, we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So the idea is, gentlemen, we're supposed to stay away from certain issues, okay? We're supposed to stay away from certain ways of living. But we're supposed to grasp after knowledge, apply that knowledge into wisdom. We're supposed to walk with steadfastness, uprightness, godliness, to be strong. Because in 1 Corinthians, it talks about us to be watchful and be strong, stand firm in the faith, and do it in love. So there is a path that we're supposed to follow. If you're jumping on to chasing after this American dream mindset, trying to gain the riches of this world, chasing after it with like a lustful desire, a love for it, 
then guess who's going? Guess who you're following? You're following the world. You're not following God. It doesn't matter if you accepted Christ or not. If you're chasing after the world, that's what you're going to get. And at the end, it will be empty. Okay? It's going to lead to destruction. You may feel happy in the moments, but you'll be unhappy with the everything. Because it won't fulfill. Because that's the key word, guys. We're looking for something to fulfill what's empty in us. And that emptiness is God. That's what we need to fill it. He needs to be your all. He needs to be the one that you desire most than anything in this world to love. Because when you allow him to fill that void, that identity void that we, we long to fill it with something, he will fill it and it will be amazing. And as long as you keep chasing after him, remember we talked about David. He was a man after God's own heart, meaning he was chasing after him. God could use you in amazing things. He can use you in things that we look at maybe small, but has a huge impact in this culture. It can have a huge impact in someone's life. It can have a huge impact in a big sense, too. You don't know what it means when you are walking in uprightness and following God and doing what you're supposed to be doing as a man. And another young man watches that. A younger man watches that. Your son watches that. And what he sees is an example of a man, a man who loves God, prays with God, cries with God, shows emotion when worship is going on because he wants to praise his name. Your kids watch that. People watch that. Men who respect you because they like how you are, but they watch you. You are being watched. And this is the idea of what mentorship can look like, too. It's not just by you talking to somebody. It can be just you living the life the way you're supposed to, the way God wants you or expects you to. So this is the moment, men. This is the moment right now that you can go and reflect on this. Where is your identity? Where do you focus your everything on because you want people to recognize you for that. Is it what God wants as your identity or is it what you want as your identity? Are you hoping someone will receive that in you? And so you chase after it instead of chasing after God. Take a moment today. Think about what is your identity in today's culture. And then ask God to show you his identity for you. He loves you guys. He wants the best for you. And he desires you to just chase after him. I pray that your day goes well today and that it will be blessed.